0: From the corner of 16th and Peachtree Street, right next to the High Museum of Art in Midtown Atlanta, welcome to the First Presbyterian Church. I'm Senior Pastor Tony Sundermeyer, and I want to thank you for tuning in to today's broadcast. And I would invite you now to join us in the worship of God.
1: Our first scripture reading comes from the book of Exodus. Exodus, chapter 34, verses 29 through 35. Please turn with me to page 78 of the Old Testament. Listen for and hear the word of God. Moses came down from Mount Sinai. As he came down from the mountain with the two tablets of the covenant in his hand, Moses did not know that the skin of his face shone because he had been talking with God. When Aaron and all the Israelites saw Moses, the skin of his face was shining, and they were afraid to come near him. But Moses called to them, and Aaron and all the leaders of the congregation returned to him, and Moses spoke with them. Afterward, all the Israelites came near, and he gave them in commandment all that the Lord had spoken with him on Mount Sinai. When Moses had finished speaking with them, he put a veil on his face, But whenever Moses went in before the Lord to speak with him, he would take the veil off until he came out. And when he came out and told the Israelites what he had been commanded, the Israelites would see the face of Moses, that the skin of his face was shining. And Moses would put the veil on his face again until he went in to speak with him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
2: gospel reading comes from the gospel according to Luke, Luke chapter 9, verses 28 through 43. If you would like to read along with us, it can be found on page 65 in the New Testament, in the New Testament of your pew Bibles. Let us listen now for God's word to us today. Now about eight days after these sayings, Jesus took with him Peter and John and James and went up on the mountain to pray. And while he was praying, the appearance of his face changed and his clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly they saw two men, Moses and Elijah, talking to him. They appeared in glory and were speaking of his departure, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. Now Peter and his companions were weighed down with sleep, but since they had stayed awake, they saw his glory and the two men who stood with him. Just as they were leaving him, Peter said to Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three dwellings, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. Not knowing what he had said, while he was saying this, a cloud came over and overshadowed them, and they were terrified as they entered the cloud. Then from the cloud came a voice that said, This is my son, my chosen. Listen to him. When the voice had spoken, Jesus was found alone. And they kept silent and in those days told no one any of the things they had seen. On the next day, when they had come down from the mountain, a great crowd met him. Just then a man from the crowd shouted, teacher, I beg you to look at my son. He is my only child. Suddenly, a spirit seizes him, and all at once he shrieks. It convulses him until he foams at the mouth. It mauls him and will scarcely leave him. I begged your disciples to cast it out, but they could not. Jesus answered, you faithless and perverse generation, how much longer must I be with you and bear with you bring your son here. While he was coming, the demon dashed him to the ground in convulsions, but Jesus rebuked the unclean spirit, healed the boy and gave him back to his father. And all were astounded at the greatness of God. Thanks be to God, this amen. Let us pray. O gracious God, we come before you this morning to worship you in spirit and in truth. May the words of our mouths and the meditation of each of our hearts be acceptable unto you in your sight, O Lord. You are our strength and you are our redeemer. Through Christ we make this prayer and together we all say, Amen. Friends, our lectionary texts inform us that today in the church world, it's known as Transfiguration Sunday. This Sunday marks the transition from the end of Epiphany to the beginning of Lent. For those of us engaged in the life of this church, we know that last Sunday was a time for us as a congregation to see for ourselves how the long-range strategic plan for us to actively participate in following Jesus within our midst, it is truly becoming a reality. The big ideas have been vetted, and those five companies who were introduced to us are now part of our local mission in the community. Many of you have been actively involved for over 30 years in our Women's Center. Initially, it was called Our Women's Shelter, and I've heard some horror stories from people like Vic Cavanaugh and others who said that they were afraid to to go to sleep. They had to stay awake because they had to be on guard for what might take place. However, thanks be to God, through the generosity of many of these members here, our transition, our center became a transition center. It was a transition center that we wanted to emphasize the fact that the ladies who would come in, they were transitioning from the state in which they were in into a more permanent housing situation. Well, we've known that the letters WTC indicated that our Women's Transition Center, which is located on the fourth floor right here on our premises, was available to women who at least worked half time. However, more recently, we have renamed the WTC to the Women's Transformation Center. You may ask yourself, well, why did you change the name again? It's still WTC but we wanted to indicate our expectations for change, transformation, which should take place with each of us as Christians on this Christian journey. Previously, we wanted the women who entered the center to know that they were moving into a permanent home through our work with the Atlanta Continuum of Care and other agencies, we have discovered that our center did not meet the criteria for those agencies when we were calling it ourselves the Transition Center. Therefore, we needed that change to be the Transformation Center. And thanks to the hard work of Teresha Anthony, our case manager, and others, we were gifted with a grant from the local Penny Hill Fund. The fund will enable single women who are at least working half-time or who are currently in a certified program at least half-time to enter into a discipline that would allow her to earn a license, a certification, or even a degree. This would ensure that that she will enter the work field with skills that will qualify her to earn higher than the minimum wage. The expectation is that the education might actually open the door for her to learn to earn a living wage. You see, staying awake requires us to be conscious of our context. Let's face it, we live in an environment where the gap between the rich and the poor is widening at an alarming rate, where children are carrying guns into schools, and where specific ethnicities are shot and killed without restorative justice. These facts in our society should serve as flashing lights, reminding us of the importance of staying awake to see them or even notice them In some places, people grow accustomed to families being without homes. So when they pass them, they don't see them. A similar response happens when a person works several minimum wage jobs, they can't pay for a decent place. Therefore, they are unable to remain conscious. There is no time to think about the interest rate charged to them on local title loans. Staying awake requires us to actually see what's going on outside our own circles. Today is the time for those of us who grew up watching Charlton Charlton Heston play the character of Moses in the 1956 movie, The Ten Commandments. We can actually picture Moses saying to Pharaoh, let my people go. But for those of you who are younger and for those of you who just simply don't remember, today's context requires all who are working to build, to build up marginalized people, marginalized communities, to join in forces for raising awareness of the needs all around us. Therefore, as we enter into this season of Lent on Wednesday, we are given an opportunity for repositioning ourselves even more and intentionally studying our context as Moses did. He recognized the fact that there were people being treated unfairly by those in power. Throughout their wanderings, the Israelite community followed Moses they followed their leader who actively heard from Yahweh they became familiar with the transformation that takes place when one develops a close relationship with Yahweh during Moses's transformation the members of the community had to shield their face from the bright light that was shining on his face after he spent time in prayer with God Moses was a light for those who were following him to see where they were going on their journey. Yahweh is the God who gives 10 commandments, the law by which the community follows. Our lectionary texts also show us the parallel between Moses' close relationship and with God and Jesus' remarkable transformation. Scripture tells us that Jesus chooses his close inner circle to go up on the mountain with him. He chooses Peter. He chooses Peter, John and James to accompany him. Luke says, "And while Jesus was praying, the appearance of his face changed and his clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly, they saw two men. Moses and Elijah talking to him. They appeared in glory and was speaking about his departure, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. Now Peter and his companions were heavy with sleep, but since they had stayed awake, they saw his glory and the two men who stood with him. Therefore, it becomes clear that the only way the disciples were able to see the glory of Jesus was because they stayed awake. Though being awake means that we must understand who Jesus is and how we are to follow him in the world today, I would like to call your attention to the front portion of your bulletin. You will see that below the sketch of the church, It says, humbly following Jesus, humble followers of Jesus. We are to be humble rather than arrogant. We are to lend and give of ourselves. Jesus is the one who calls us to love one another. Moses gave 10 commandments, but Jesus only gives us two. He says, you are to love God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And you are to love your neighbor as yourself. If we look at those around us in our communities, many of the community within the community are hungry for love. They're hungry for hope. They are hungry for faith. I remember when I was a little girl growing up in Gastonia, North Carolina. We lived near the Sunbeam Bread Bakery. And sometimes late at night, I would lie awake and I would smell the freshly baked bread blocks away from our house. The aroma was so overpowering, it could cause your mouth to water. You just wanted a taste of that hot bread from the oven. Well, as I began to think about how living and inviting the aroma of the freshly baked bread, bread, living as the body of Christ in the world today, we are to have that same impact on our society. We are to begin to think about how we might impact others who would be hungry for the walk with Jesus. In thinking about that bread, I also remembered a Presbyterian women's installation service and I thought I would adapt it for us this morning for our Transfiguration Sunday. You see the first ingredient of bread is wheat. Wheat begins as a tiny seed that is open to grow, it grows and develops and produces. Each seed is different just as each one of us is different in skills, temperament and gifts. Wheat needs to be planted in good soil. As church leaders, we have been planted in the good soil of a firm Christian faith as evidenced in our long range strategic plan. We are to be humbly following Jesus Christ. Wheat needs water in the same manner that we need the moisture of hope to keep us on purpose for those tasks we find ourselves facing in the community, like affordable housing, adequate health care and living wages. We'd also need sunshine like the illuminating light of God's word revealed through the Holy Scriptures. When we daily walk in it, our loads get a little bit lighter and our paths get a little bit brighter and we can stay awake to navigate through the oftentimes dangerous waters of speaking truth to power in order to bring about justice needed for all persons. We now have the opportunity to stay awake in our community and assist with getting people into the type of housing we heard about last Sunday with our Epiphany awardees, Pad Split is their name. Perhaps we can join the young man who was here talking about how justice needs to be reformed, how he is a living witness to that reformation or we might be able to locate food that is wanted in our Lenten food drive. You may very well see persons who are donning hats. They will have bandanas or even a a sheriff's badge on the side of them. These are people who are asking for food to fill our Venable food pantry. You see, all the grains of wheat, when it's ripe, it's harvested, and then ground into flour. And they come together to form a uniform flour. So too can we be unified with one voice as members of this community. Perhaps this very opportunity to travel outside our comfort zones can be the vehicle that promotes us to serve together here in the Atlanta area as committed church leaders whose invitation is extended in ways that not only acknowledges our need to improve intercultural relationships, but also embraces those those strangers among us, those persons who are in need. The next ingredient in bread is yeast. Yeast is the living germ of bread. As Jesus is the living glory of our lives, without yeast, our lives become flat and tough. With the living glory of God's spirit working within us, we are better able to remove those barriers like racism, classism, sexism, or any other ism which seeks to make invisible the image of God which is present in every human being. Good yeast grows when it's mixed with warm water. Therefore, we must use a generous portion of Christ's warm love. It should be love like that described in Dr. Clinton Marsh's book, Evangelism Is. He says, love should be our motive. Love should be our method. Love should be our mission. After the yeast and water, bread needs a little salt and sugar. Salt brings in all the good flavors of the wheat and yeast. It also helps to preserve the bread. Good communication acts like salt, which keeps the bacteria of limited vision and self-centeredness from growing and spoiling the bread. Sugar sweetens the loaf laughter and fun make everyone's responsibility sweeter. As you see those persons with the cowboy hats and the bandanas and sheriffs as walking around as sheriffs in our community, be sure to greet them, be sure to take one of their flyers and be sure to bring your own items. In addition, bread needs to be kneaded, mixed and worked together to form the right texture. When we put forth our best effort to blend it into good dough, we might be surprised as to the quality of bread that we may become. However, with every good loaf of bread, it takes time. There is no recipe for good instant bread. Also, we cannot forget the cost of good bread. It may require rearranging our schedules in order to come together. It may mean trusting the movement of the Spirit through the majority when we don't see things the same way. Finally, in order to get that mouth-watering aroma that invites others to taste it, even when they're not hungry, bread must go into the oven. The oven is the cross. Jesus invites each of us to pick up our cross and follow him. The cross is inevitable, but it is through the cross that we receive the abundant gift of new life. It is through the cross that we experience abiding love like none other. Yes, it is through the cross that we access our road to freedom. Therefore, as we begin this Lenten journey, let us stay awake so we can truly be the bread in this community. Now that we are awake, I would recall one of my favorite poems by Saint Teresa of Avila. She reminds us, Christ has no body now on earth but yours, no hands, no feet, no heart but yours. Yours are the eyes through which he looks with compassion upon the world. Christ has no body now on earth but yours. We are now the bread. Amen.